they're scary, they're dangerous. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, that's why I've also been in the firing line for things that I, that I say, you know, probably get cancelled for this podcast. That was Joey Carbstrong, and you are listening to Sinta with Soy Theist. To support the podcast, please visit patreon.com forward slash Soy Theist. Welcome to the first ever episode of Sinta with Soy Theist. Sinta is the Assamese word for thinking. Today, I'm joined by Joey Carbstrong. Joey, thanks for being here. Thank you very much for having me. Uh, well, I don't think you need any introduction on this channel. So I think we can begin. But before we begin, I, I just, I'd just like to say that we probably will agree on most of the things that we'll discuss here. So I'll try to play the devil's advocate on some of these so that okay. we're not just sitting here having a good time. Um, okay. Anyway, Interesting. so with that, with that cleared up, let's get right into it. So Joey, there is this view that the reason that most people won't go vegan is because of the behavior of so-called militant vegans. And I would certainly imagine that the people count people such as yourself and me amongst the ranks of militant vegans when they talk, when they mention the term. Do you think there is any merit to that idea? Yeah, so I've encountered this uh, it, it started mostly um, 2018, the beginning of 2018, when I started to get exposed to like the mainstream and in the media. And they would always title the the articles about me militant, vegan, militant. And then I started to try to analyze like what they actually meant by militant. Because I was like, mm. like, are we bearing arms here? Like, are we violently forcing people to do something here? Like, it's a very loaded word, mm. militant. And then I was like, so, so I would always like sort of question what someone means by militant first. Mm. Like, mm. is it that we're honest, direct? Is it the aggression? Is it the delivery? Mm. Is it the fact that we're out there with a the site? Like, so, so yeah, that, that always like struck me as an odd use of words because everyone means something different kind of by that. Um, but like, if we just go with like what I think they mean, <clears throat> mm. which is that, you know, we use maybe uh forceful language or, right. you know, right. language that is, that is very uh, descriptive and, you know, like a murder very and yeah, very direct. And uh, like, I, yeah, I would consider myself direct, but that is my personality when I speak right. uh, truths, all truths. And, um, you know, I had to learn a bit of tact as I got, you know, more exposed to socializing and things like this. But um, in terms of someone's behavior, right. So someone's mm. behavior, not, not, you disregarding something that is true because of someone's behavior. I always saw that as a cop out and someone being dishonest and basically that they wouldn't go vegan even if you were polite to them Um, because they are looking for an excuse not to change their behavior or to take on the message. So um, I always kind of saw it as a sort of a little ticket out for them like, oh, but you were, you were me, a vegan was mean. So now I'm going to disregard this accurate truth and continue mm. abusing animals through my lifestyle because it's always like, well, if you were nice to me, I would have, uh, I would have listened, and uh, now I'm going to abuse all these animals for the rest of my life. But they were never going to change. So, like, I always like people's honesty comes into question, like, you know, and mm. uh, because people who are honest with themselves would not straight away go, well, you're 
you know, but otherwise you hear this, otherwise you hear this, you're a bit rude, but what you're saying is true, you know, and, right, uh, right. you know, but you could have, it could have come across better. Th- th- I would say that that's an honest analysis of like mm. someone's behavior getting in the way of them tr- trying to, to learn. The ones who are dishonest is like, no, nah, because you're rude, not going to listen, you know? So, <laughs> uh, yeah. It's, it's interesting because they treat themselves like children. It's as if like we talk to children like that, right? Yeah. We say like, uh, we talk to children like, listen, this is uh, maybe you shouldn't behave like you shouldn't do this because, you know, it's a little bad maybe. But with adults on any other issue, we just say, look, what you're doing is messed up, right? Yeah. You need to stop. You need to reconsider what you're doing here. Uh, But the interesting bit here is that like people do talk like that on other issues, right? Yeah. And like no other issue seems to get as much hate as veganism, uh, at least as it seems to me, uh, at least in the Western world. Right. Um, Would you say that's accurate? Is the vegan movement like the most hated movement, social movement in the Western world? God, you know, there was a stage where I would when I would have said that. Mm-hmm. Um, but because the world has gotten so r- crazy right now with yes. different topics taking the forefront, um, I don't know. I, I mean, I could definitely say it's up there. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, I think it's it's one where like it's one of those movements where like you can ridicule anything goes basically when you're talking to a vegan. Like you can threaten to kill them. Oh, I should run all those vegans over in my car. Oh, we should chuck the vegans in a gas chamber. And everyone mm. laughs. And it's like any other move. If you said that, you'd be like looking at um, big, uh, big, uh, getting in big trouble. But like it's almost like anything goes. And like, you know, people can send threats and like openly threat, threaten you as a vegan. And, uh, you know, because we, we, are, we do represent such a – small minority and uh, why are we is it is the question why are we so hated or are we the most hated so, so because i'm like not in the west like here i can certainly say like that veganism is not the most hated movement because <laughs> people don't even know what veganism is like when i first went vegan right uh, people thought i was like mispronouncing vegetarian uh, yeah. that was the that was the situation but uh, I would like to know if it is the case right now. So you'd say right now it's not that clear. It's not that clear, but there was a, st- a, a point in time when I would say probably, yeah, yeah. Um, mm. Mm. Right. And why do you think like veganism is right up there? Because like when you say, when you advocate for something like, let's say, uh, being against like, just being against racism, like people now seem to disagree on what racism like really counts for racism. Um, but like if you're just against racism, no one has any problem with that. Why is it that people, when you say you're against animal cruelty, why do you think people take uh, an issue with that? <laughs> yeah, because it like, it's mainly because they want to defend their habit and uh, mm. you know, it, cause it, it compels them to change like it. Cause you don't see it with forms of animal cruelty that don't compel them to do something about like, you know, that, mm. that don't, they don't have direct control over in their lifestyle. Like if there's like, Oh, they neglected that pony. They didn't feed that. Oh my God. That's her- horrendous 
animal abuse. But when it's like, well, you know, a pig was killed in a gas chamber, it's like, well, you're forcing your beliefs on me now. Like, you know, look at these militant vegans. You know, it's like it's because uh, they they have to defend they have this defense mechanism trying to defend, you know, that continuing their habits. Cause for them, it must feel like this huge change that has to happen. And they, they want to try to dig, either dig their heels in. Um, they're either going to do two things, dig their heels in or be honest and change. So um, yeah, I reckon right. that's where it stems from. Um, so it's interesting because like, this is like the one social movement where you actually have to like, do something like significant in your daily lifestyle. Maybe like, uh, maybe there are some beliefs that you change in other, uh, other issues, but in here, there's something you need to change every day. Um, maybe yeah. that's the reason. Yeah. Because and you can't say, you can say you are against racism and you don't act racist. Right. And you mm-hmm. start analyzing, you know, people are, is that right? You know, that these are the things you could do to, to not be mm-hmm. racist. You know, you start looking into things and, but when you're, uh, if you can't say you're against animal cruelty and pay lip service to being against animal cruelty while you're eating meat, you know, you just mm-hmm. can't, those two things are in direct opposition of each other. So it's a, it's a, it's one where you have to change to be consistent with what you say. And I think that's where the like cognitive dissonance and the, and the discomfort comes in. And then they just direct mm-hmm. that hate to the vegan for pointing it out. And it's not uh, like, it's not every vegan though. It's, it's the ones that say something about your bad habits. Right. And, uh, and like, the thing is that in my experience, most people, when they go vegan, right they are like that, right? They will say something, right? Most, most vegans, um, or at least they, they have an opposition to it, like, and they're more direct. And some vegans, some vegans gradually change from this and become like a milder version of that. They, they are not as direct, right? They become like uh, almost numb to it. Do you think that that is a sort of, um, symptom or a sign of growing up would you say that's growing up yeah so like at the start you know people come out the gate like this mm. is animal abuse animal abuses and then they're like mm. uh you know i i honestly uh i can speak from my experience but i can't tell mm. you how everyone ticks um mm. because uh you'd have to get inside their heads uh but i you know, because if you look at someone like Gary Yarovsky, he was like that. Mm. He almost got more to the very end. Like mm, he got right, more hectic right. to, towards the end. And we could almost say that it started to go, He it was starting to be a little bit reckless maybe. You know, he got right. to a point where, like I love Gary, would never speak against Gary. I just thought, felt like, you know, he fought for so long and it just started to go a little bit more heavy and heavy and heavy, <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. uh, until mm-hmm. he stopped. Um I think maybe um, with with me personally, like when I first started, I was uh, you know an ex gang member, and I I would swear a lot, and I didn't have I didn't develop normal social skills. I didn't go to school. Um, I left school when I was fifteen, um, and I was around uh, violent gangsters. And so when I come out and seen animal abuse, I would just be like, I would say it how it is and a bit more, and it was pretty aggressive. And uh, I would I didn't take people. Um, making fun of animals. One of the worst thing I, ha- I hated was uh, not the indifference as such, but it was the people who who ridiculed animal cruelty, and I would mm. wish horrible things upon them and karma and uh, publicly as well. Like, you know, um, but then I kind of th- th- I had this realization one day, and I was like, 
you know, I'm, I'm swearing, carrying on, on my channel. And, uh, one day a friend of mine's, uh, stepfather actually said, Oh, you know, I've been watching your videos. And I was like, really? So then I started to think about how far reaching my videos were and who was, who was actually going to come across them. And, and then I started to think, would I want everyone to, to hear the message in this way? Like, would that, mm. or would I, should I think a little bit more broadly about the, who I'm trying to reach, you know? So then I started to like sort of tone it down a little bit and make it a little bit more, you know, more palatable, broader. Yeah. Broad, yeah. So I could, you know, so I didn't want to, it's just a, a, achieving that balance of speaking the truth directly and, um, you know, I don't want to to dismiss what's going on to the animals and like use mm. euphemisms and things like this. So it was mm. achieving that balance of reaching the mainstream, and so that's that was my progression. And also, I do I, I realized that me getting, <clears throat> I, I can get angry, but it was about generating that anger. And if I if I let it sprawl out into aggression, and because I'm a public figure, if I'm if if my conduct is out of place, you know, if I have a bad day and then I. I, I don't review a video properly. I'm like, that's good enough. Chuck it up. I will, mm. I will hear about it by, uh, by my audience. And, um, you know, so uh, it's kind of like this feedback loop that you get as a public activist that, um, you kind of go, Oh, and then you start reflecting and go, Oh, maybe that wasn't necessary. Maybe I didn't need to put all that, right. that mm. aggression and tone into the delivery. Maybe I could have said the same thing, truth bombed it. And it, the audience watching wouldn't have gone and focused on my attitude sort of thing right. so i guess it's, it's a bit of trial and error thoughts yeah so so how far do we go with that like because um we we can the way we talk right like when we're explaining why it's wrong to put a mm -hmm. pig in a gas chamber we can either say like would you put a a human being in a gas chamber and that is and there's nothing wrong with that uh, or we could say, like, would you put a dog in a gas chamber, right? Or like, we we can do, do do this, right? So how far do we need to tone it back? Well, I, I wouldn't tone it back too far, <laughs> mm -hmm. but uh, I do think there's a balance. I think uh, I think that there's a, a sensible balance um, that that, and I think that is subjective. I think it becomes a little bit blurred after like, you know, but I think there's a range, um, you know, so I like to stay authentic and true to, and also true to the animals. Um, mm -hmm. so I do not deny, um, that the animals, for example, I didn't deny on television that cows are raped, you know, right. and, uh, that made headlines all over the UK, uh, that, mm -hmm. you know, I'm calling uh, the logical, basically, uh, it follows that I'm calling farmers rapists. And I, right. I was like, well, what are they doing to the animal? So like, I would never deny these, points um mm. but uh you know just me coming out onto onto television and i was sitting with two farmers and just going you two are rapists i don't right. think would have whether or not that is true i just don't know if that would have uh, you need to give context you need mm. to explain to the public and to them even who could you just outright say that that people just get, so i do think there's right. a yeah right would you like, like to but yeah. would, we could make that point, right? We could make yeah. that point without, um, without saying that, right? And but it's accurate. What ha what's happening is <clears throat> accurate. But does it not um, trigger the sort of trauma of certain people mm. to say that uh, like whatever is happening to dairy cows is 
uh, rape, right? That it's accurate, but could we do without it? And what's the argument for, like, we have to do a sort of cost-benefit analysis here. And what's that cost-benefit analysis that's going on here? Uh, you know, you could, yeah, I mean, uh, is, is your question something like, uh, you could call it, what it is, but you might offend mm. someone who's gone through something similar. So then they might, mm -hmm. uh, you, 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 you might bring up some trauma for that, those individuals. Right. Uh, and right. you know, <laughs> like, there's a difference between being offended and being like, uh, having your trauma sort of yeah. resurfaced. Right. Yeah. So I, I don't much care about offending people, right? People mm -hmm. can be offended for uh, however much they like, mm -hmm. um, like, but uh, triggering someone's trauma and, and causing them suffering, right mm -hmm. uh, do you think that we should avo avoid that well no and i i don't think we should avoid that because uh the, you know um i suffered with ptsd trauma so i mean okay. uh, i know i know what trauma is like but uh, mm -hmm. i do think that there's a more pressing issue and that is to have the animals stories told accurately and i've from what i've found genuine trauma victims genuine ones mm. not people being offended on behalf of others because they're the most vocal it's usually the right. ones who are most vocal like how or or they're doing the old your behavior i'm not going vegan oh how dare you offend rape victims here like, they don't care they don't care they're just trying right. to so that, what i've experienced mostly are the people who are offended on behalf of on behalf of others and the it's, oh, it's a very dare, yeah it's a very western thing Mm. Uh, I hope you don't mind me saying like, like I'm offended on your behalf. Uh, that's a very Western thing. Like um, people, people here, I, I think um, it's not that people, no one gets offended. Like I w certainly wouldn't say that, um, but like to be offended on someone else's behalf, mm. I, I think it's like a, it's like a symptom of having like too much free time. Maybe. Maybe. Yeah, uh, that's but, true. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Carry on. Um, but in answering to, to your question, of course I care about people's suffering and their trauma. Mm -hmm. um, I'm not heartless. Uh, if someone come to me and told me, you know, that something bad had happened to them, of course I'd I'd be listening to them and I'd be feel very uh, I'd feel for them. But I also feel for the animals who are being uh, raped by the million every year as well. And I think, like mm -hmm. from from my experience, like so, I, I look through. I've looked through thousands of comments, thousands of comments. Mm. And when I bring up this issue about should I call it what it is, mm. out come the, uh, the survivors of rape. And they say, mm. well, you know, this, I, I, uh, it, 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 yes, it brings stuff up for me, but I want you to speak about this because I know how it feels to be in that position. Or And um, they have more empathy for the animals than your average person because they know what it's like right. to, be, to have these right. horrible things happen to them. So you have a similar uh, experience. Yeah, yeah, to have a similar experience. And um, like the thing is like, <laughs> I always make this argument. I'm like, so do you, so, you know, like if you were going to make a story about some human, uh, a, a rape victim, say they were a child, and would you call it rape to, or, or would you just use a euphemism so that you didn't bring up the trauma of other rape victims? But right, I never really right. see other rape victims um, say like, oh no, you shouldn't have used this word. Uh, mm. to explain what happened to another human being because mm -hmm. it's bringing up my trauma. It's usually because mm. we, we're using this word to describe what happens to the non-human animals. And mm. they, they have this, it, it, it comes from like, how dare you 
use this word to describe what happens to them when this only applies mm. to the superior human race, you know, and right. um, I think that's where it stems from usually because uh, otherwise they would be like, they wouldn't be able to use the word on TV when they d- discussing g- crimes that happen. They wouldn't be able to, mm-hmm. you know, just use language. Uh, right. That's what I think. If, if it traumatizes people, it traumatizes people regardless of the victim, right? Yeah. And, uh, and I think another interesting point there that I realized while you were speaking is that not like, like not all victims will... Uh, have a similar have the same opinion right there will be disagreement amongst them right yes so so if you're going to say like listen to these like uh, this group of people like there is no one opinion that they hold right and mm-hmm. and so it, it can't be like on the basis of listen to them it has to be on the basis of who is making the most sense mm-hmm. so I, I suppose that's uh, like a valid um thing to do but anyway yeah. um what i wanted to uh, also discuss about this approach is like it, it pushes a lot of people away it seems right uh, whether or not, whether there is more m- more people or like whether you're bringing in more people or less people it, it certainly does seem to push a lot of people away right uh, and like would you say that that is accurate like does it push a lot of people away uh, to call uh, using the, no, like just, using the to word just, to just accurately just describe mil- something. Just militant veganism, so, so-called militant veganism in oh, yeah, general, yeah. instead of just <laughs> instead of just um, like a, a mild sort of very toned down message for veganism. Um, does militant veganism push more people away? I. Uh, it's a very complex. Uh, question actually uh, right. I, I think when you start th- thinking about this because I do think there are thresholds that need to be met for mm. it to, put, to for it to just be push so many people away that it's just pointless um, mm-hmm. you know but I, I think if what you're saying is true and accurate uh, mm. by virtue of those things like um, and you have evidence for it um, mm-hmm. you know I just think that that the, the power of the tr- if you were if you were if you were like making stuff up you know mm. you, you know i think that you're going to be pu- yeah you're just pushing people away and like if there's no if there's no intelligence by by the way that you deliver these things and they're just blanket mm. statements that aren't delivered strategically like at all then mm. then yeah i think that there there, there is a threshold that that to, to which it just becomes ineffective and just scattergunning words um right yeah, I think they need to be delivered. Like when when I so when I describe, uh, you know, the the rape that happens in the dairy industry to the cows, I I do mm. deliver some context. I do deliver right. either uh, it proceeds or or follows with context, so that people know what why I'm calling it that. Um, especially if you're reaching like a people who've never heard this, you know, mm-hmm. like we expect them to know why it's rape. Right. Otherwise, they just think right. that the farmer is doing something sexual for his own sexual pleasure to the animals but but mm-hmm. if you if you yeah so that's why i think it's important if you're going to i mean sometimes you don't have time that's fine don't have time that's cool you don't have to be mm-hmm. perfect no one's saying to be perfect right. but in terms of pushing people away i would I would almost say that it has the opposite effect like it has right. a, like with me it stimulated so much media 
so much mm-hmm. media. Like it was incredible. It was a crazy, I had the biggest year of my life in 2018 because I was direct, because I was in the UK, the land of the cup of tea and the, the politely spoken people. When I'm like Australian guy, like, yeah, you know, like I was very direct to whoever. I didn't know who these, um, these media personalities were. Like I didn't know mm-hmm. anything about them. I was just speaking for the animals, how it, mm-hmm. how it would usually. And uh, so, yeah, that it, it did the opposite. It actually generated a lot of media. And you, people might say, well, that wasn't very good media. But, well, you know, mm-hmm. I think that, you know, um, people have enough, that, like especially people are wised up to the media's tricks now, especially like these days, like especially the last year. Mm-hmm. They, they, they become wise to the, the way the media sensationalize and <clears throat> things like this, but they want to come and look anyway. They come right. and look and it mm-hmm. generated positive media. <clears throat> I will say this though. Um, so, so in answer to your question, I don't think it's always true, but I think there's a threshold where mm-hmm. it could, you know, and I think that right. you need to be uh, intelligent, and uh, you know, give appropriate context, and I don't think we should av- avoid using the words. Although I, I often do, because um, if you want to be a public activist and use social media, if all you are saying is these four words all, all the time, your stuff gets flagged. You know, your, right. you know, mm. if I'm, and if you, if you're too hectic, you won't be able to reach an audience, and uh, you know, right. that's that's, it's a shame that's the way it is, but it's like that for everyone. It's not just like that for animal rights. People, it's like that for anyone who discusses controversial topics. I mean, and um, but uh, I do think there's a even a, a really good way of like helping someone come to that conclusion themselves as well, which mm-hmm. is super good. And you can even use the word afterwards once they get when they're curious and they're thinking, yeah, well, "What am right. I looking for?" And then you can, you know, uh, uh, um, so right. yeah. I think, do, do, uh, yeah. Would you say like uh, th- there is this thing that people have a more vocal negative reaction than they do a positive reaction? So, for example, if you <clears throat> bought something or like if you bought anything right, online and the product is amazing, it works just as intended, you don't leave a review. No. Right. You leave a review when the product is bad. Right. So if someone doesn't like your message. Right then they will say, oh, how dare you, right? Mm. But someone who takes in your message, they won't say, well, he, like, Joey Carpstrong was amazing on TV, uh, like, he has turned me vegan just now. No one really does that. Like, it it takes a moment to settle in, and while they're sitting there silently, the negative feedback is extremely loud. Um, I I don't know if you'd agree with that. Like, would you say that's an accurate hypothesis, at least? Like, Like, is it a possible scenario like that's that's happening i mean the comment section isn't a very good reflection of you know if you look in my comment section especially on facebook it is a cesspool it is cancerous Mm. it is disgusting like i am it it is like a meeting of the worst of the worst in the world who just come (laughs) in and just it is it's crazy dude i i I actually if i want to feel like crap i just go in my facebook and start reading the comments. It's there's like, right. especially when I start reach, I get like often get a million views on my videos on Facebook mm-hmm. um, right. because it scatters, scatters all over the internet. Uh, but, and, and it's because of these commenters because they're all commenting all their friends. It's amazing. Facebook's mm. way it spreads things because the controversy in the comment section is what helps it spread. So, um, but you know, I kind of, then I have to rewatch it and I'm like, why are there so many negative comments here? I just think they're sharing it in groups and all their pals are commenting and, you know, and uh, so, <clears throat> but when I go out into the streets 
in the UK and like people come up to me, Hey, I eat meat. I watch your videos, love all your videos. Oh, I'm thinking about this. Like these seeds get planted and um, change happens in, in stages. And mm. uh, in terms of my reach, like versus the negative comments, like they are so vastly different, you know, like I'm right. reaching and getting right. all of these views and only getting, you know, a thousand seems like a lot, but really <laughs> compared to not, the, not the pool many. size. Yeah. It's not mm. that many. Um, and this is how you're going to have to create change unless you are a just, you know, so, so everyone has different varying degrees of skill set. Some people mm -hmm. can articulate like masters and they can, right. they, they can just tease out all the words that they need in the moment. Other people mm -hmm. like me, I wasn't formally educated. I have learned to present my arguments better as time has gone on, but uh, I can mm. reach a certain demographic that others can't reach. So like, right. um, I think that you, you can, you can try as be as tactful as you can, but I think the truth is so much more important than over articulating, hoping everything lands correctly, but you know, cause otherwise mm. you can corner yourself. Um, mm. I think stay, stay, you have to stay true and honest to the message. And mm. the, the more that you repeat that message, this is how that message sinks in. And is it, there's mm. science to support this. There's like the sleeper effect. There's like, it's, it's like the concept of right. planting seeds, you know, and letting them, and, and people who have an emotional response from that seed be planted. Let's just say it pisses them off at the start. Well, they had, right. they had an emotion associated with this message. You know, that, that, mm -hmm. that message is, they're going to remember that message. That seed is going to mm -hmm. be pronounced. And then later on, they might see someone like, you know, I, I often call myself like, the radical flank of like earthling ed you know what i mean so like <laughs> yeah. they say come across my videos oh that guy is so aggressive then uh, they go and see oh earthling yeah he's much better same message it's the same message <laughs> right. dude. it's the same you know message I mean? delivered differently uh, yeah yeah that's interesting um because another related point to that i think is that that the group that we're uh, like talking to here right is it, so diverse it is literally the entire world yeah right? 99 percent mm -hmm. of the world mm -hmm. Uh, so because they are so diverse, I think it, it sort of takes uh, different kinds of activists and advocates to reach different kinds of people. So, for example, if you came like when I was not vegan, right, when if you came up to me and told me, oh, look at that poor animal, where is your kindness? Where is your heart? I wouldn't have listened. Right. But someone comes up to me and tells me like, listen, dude, like, what's your reason for this? I say this, no, that's, a, that's a, this kind of fallacy. That's, uh, that, uh, that, that's another kind of fallacy that works on me, but it yeah. will definitely not work on someone else. Right? So I think, uh, as you pointed out, like some people react better to Earthling Ed, others will react better to you. Uh, some people I hope will react better to me. Mm -hmm. Um, and I think that's, that's uh, important. And do you think that, like, because we're, we're trying to make people go vegan, right? And one of the ways to, I think, accelerate that, accelerate that process is to not just have more vegans, but to have more vegan advocates, right? Um, do you think there is a certain approach that is more likely to make people vegan advocates rather, rather than just passive vegans because uh, I, I think I heard you say that at some point that veganism is a non-action. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, it is. Um, that's an incredibly good question. 
And I have always believed that my style of advocacy mm-hmm. is more likely to turn you into an animal rights activist. And uh, because I, I'm very clear about what I'm talking about, and I always have been, my message is the same, and it's always been the same. I mean, I'm, you might see me go up through peaks and valleys in terms of my my presentation or delivery, you know, mm-hmm. but my message has always been the same: that this is a justice movement uh, for animals, and this is a, a, a mass atrocity, um, and uh, you know, you have a moral obligation to stop it, minimum, mm-hmm. and then mm-hmm. you, you know, you should be speaking out against it because of how vast this atrocity is and um i've i've when i did my 2018 uh, tour the tour was based on basically essentially um doing activism workshops so i i just thought i thought was that um there was enough vegans we need to get them active and um i do think that uh there there are certain like people people have like there's like levels you're a plant-based dieter in your mind and you you say mm. i'm a vegan um, you know, uh, you know, I, I'm more of a, you know, there, there are certain, there's definitely, there's certain vegans. I, I, I remember spending a bit of time, like explaining to the, a, lo- a large proportion of the movement, what a vegan actually is because mm. of people coming through the movement through all these different avenues. And I'm like health and environment have nothing to do with the philosophy against the cruelty and ex- exploitation of animals. Nothing. You can take those both away and you still have vegan veganism. You know, I had to like, um, right. Right. So uh, if, uh, you, if you could just just pause on that point uh, yeah. for a little, could you explain why, like yeah. uh, why is it that health and and the environment have nothing to do with uh, the philosophy of veganism? Well, of course they intersect at a certain point, and it's good that you, you know because but because essentially like this is it's easy to explain like you know you can eat a plant based diet for your health and still I could have a puppy mill in my basement where I breed <laughs> puppies and sell their body parts and skin for jackets. Mm. I could have a puppy slaughterhouse in my backyard and I could be doing all of these things to these puppies Mm. and eat a plant-based diet. Am I a vegan? You know, I could have a horse racing track where I exploit these horses and kill them and send them to the knackery and mince them up for mince meat. Am I a Mm. vegan if I eat a plant-based diet? And, you know, and, you know, you could do all of these things for the environment, which is, it's mainly based on, um, the plant-based diet being good for the environment, but you can be, you can be engaging in other forms of animal exploitation and cruelty, on the side that have nothing to do with diet. It's just that right. the diet happens to be where most of the mm-hmm. violence and cruelty and killing is happen is happening. But mm-hmm. it's sort of at its core, veganism is a philosophy um, that you would hear to. It's not the, the it's not necessarily the diet. The diet is the extension of that philosophy, you know. And mm-hmm. the things that you do are an extension of this philosophy. And that's where people get sort of. <laughs> They sort of get a bit confused. They should it's stick right. to the principle and everything emanates from that principle that you do, you know, and uh, right. yeah. Bef- yeah. Before we get back to the, uh, to what you were talking about, um, I, I do want to talk about the point also uh, stress a little bit on the point about environmental veganism, because some people make the case that the environment has very much to do with this philosophy of veganism, which is that yeah. by reducing your environmental impact, right? you are reducing your impact on animals yeah because the the primary victims of uh, the climate catastrophe uh, are going to be non-human animals it is not going to be humans so with that in mind do you think that uh, the environmental aspect has uh, to do with veganism 
yeah. on the same level or yeah i, I mean there was level. another there was another thing with the conspiracy and all the plastic in the ocean strangling mm. the, the animals in the ocean and right. i said this is where animal rights and the environment intersect you know mm -hmm. and uh you know so there are parts of the environmental argument and veganism that do intersect because of the, because of the environmental um knock-on effect of the environmental damage that it causes to it to animals um but there are you know you could even you could even make the case that looking after human health is mm. good for animal rights because less animals will have to be tested on in labs to to create right. make way for human right. medications to treat people you know so there are there you could you could make cases for both i think the environment one is much stronger is much right. stronger than the, the health one. Right. It's much closer, yeah, yeah. Um, but I think the direct, um, this direct, direct slavery, and mass killing of animals, it, it is much more principally veganism, and then the environment a close second because of the kind of knock-on effect of our choices. Mm -hmm. You know, it's, it's almost like a secondary effect, although although direct, it's mm -hmm. not as direct as exploiting and killing. You know what I mean? Right. Um, it's it's somewhat like the fact that. Um, climate change while it will primarily affect first it will affect non-human animals next uh, the next sort of victims of the climate catastrophe will be like developing countries right yeah. uh, it will not be it will not be developed countries but that doesn't mean that um uh, like caring about the environment like uh, reducing your environmental impact is now somewhat somehow similar to uh, comparable to let's say not dropping bombs on developing countries like these of are kind of, kind of, i i think that's the sort of analogy that we could draw here but yeah, anyway getting definitely. back to your point uh, i'm sorry i took you off your train of thought but you it's were good. talking about but you were explaining uh, talking about explaining what it means to be a vegan to uh, like a huge part of the movement and, yeah. and i and do you remember what you were saying i'm sorry uh, for taking you off Oh, it was just basically we're talking about different uh, levels of vegans that people mm. use the label and then they, um, which, which to, to be honest with you, like it frustrated me a lot at one stage, but when we're trying to create change and we want to cast the widest vegan kind of net, we mm. need to get people into these diluted areas of the movement and then bring them in, you know, and, and I do think it's more of a strategy than, than, you know, cause I could be like, well, that's not what a vegan is. Like, why are you doing this apologetic cupcake version of advocacy to reach a mainstream? You know, like I used to be like really upset by it, but now I, like, cause like looking at pragmatically, like something like veganuary, it's like, I consider it one of the in most ingenious vegan campaigns that's mm -hmm. ever existed and the the, right. the tentacles of it just stretch so far right. now through fast food change supermarkets through uh the media they're all talking about it eating vegan stuff on it's so important practically to have this on the top end right. supply chain and getting people interested like what's that mm -hmm. what's that you don't want to hit him with the gary Orofsky animal holocaust straight away <laughs> like, right, you know he's yeah. scaring people out of their chairs like so like i do uh, now I, I just see it as part of a part of an evolution of you know people coming to the vegan principle you know so they don't mm -hmm. they don't they learn about health and then they find my channel and they're like wow now i'm an animal rights activist and they get in right. through I, I actually originally got into plant-based lifestyle through guy who like does raw fruits and vegetable juices like he okay. uh 
he was talking about karma and then I got into the, the karma mm-hmm. mindset and then I've become an animal rights activist, you know? So, mm-hmm. um, yes, uh, I hope this hasn't gone too far off track cause I kind of lost the no. point, but it kind of flowed nicely in. So yeah. <laughs> yeah, that, that's interesting because, um, another point about like about veganuary and all these kinds of, uh, campaigns, um, and about not hitting people too directly. Do you think that we should spend more energy into being more likable? Because unlike other issues, we are not doing this to win debates, right? Not, I wouldn't say other issues, like there are certain things that you just debate to just win a debate, right? I of think, course, for yeah. example, that like, which is the best football team, right? You, you, you debate that to win the debate. But here, right, you can win the debate, right? You can, you can sort of destroy someone in a debate and they won't go vegan. They're going back home and e- eating uh, the same things. So do you think it's worth um, sort of uh, spending more energy into being more likable? That's a very interesting question. And your questions have been very interesting. and I like them. But uh, I think that if you start to like unpack them, people like authenticity. Mm. Do you know what I mean? I believe people yeah. like authenticity, you know, and I don't right. like being someone being fake towards me. I can sense it. Like if someone comes up to me, hi, and they're just trying to sell me something and they're like, oh, you know, you look, how's your day? They don't care how my day is. You want to sell me a roller <laughs> shutter. You want to sell me a bloody a door handle. Like you mm. don't care about, don't, I can feel it. And if I come out, if I'm out on the streets, like, you know, I'll just go straight out. Have you seen this before? Do we eat animals? Like mm-hmm. it's cruel, isn't it? You're paying for mm-hmm. that, eh? Like, you know, mm-hmm. I, I, don't, I, don't, I don't say, oh, can you give me some money? Like, you know, right. um, you know, so I just think, um, I do think, look, I do think there are things that you can do. Like, again, there's a threshold. I believe mm. there's a threshold and a balance that needs to be made between being authentic, speaking the truth, right? Mm. Um, and um, being a likable character, like not being so arrogant and angry and aggressive that you're just pushing it everyone, even the people that agree with you away, like the, mm. your, your friends and colleagues and <laughs> other people in the movement yeah, and you're just there on your angry hill, just shooting everyone down, you know? So mm. <clears throat> I do think, I do yeah. think that it's a, a, a grave mistake to focus on being liked over the truth and over um, what's really happening to the animals because mm. uh, you know, I could have lost, I actually, there was a, you know, there was debates happening about things in the movement. I could have lost friends, but I spoke, I just said, I thought I'm going to be truthful and authentic here and I could lose some friends over this, but I'm going to just speak the truth, you know, but, mm-hmm. um, you know, and sometimes uh, I just think, should I say this? Oh, right. this, this could, um, this could cause people not to like me, but that's just my position. And like, mm-hmm. you know, so I don't, I don't think you should focus on being just being liked, although I can see the utility in being a very mm-hmm. likable figure, but I'll tell you right now, no matter how liked you are now for what you do, like you might be the most biggest superstar singer in the world, right? And incredibly liked. As soon as you start saying to people the truth about what mm-hmm. they're causing, um, you're going to have a large proportion of them come back at you the same way they come back at every other vegan activist. So, mm-hmm. I mean, I just I just think that you, you know, if you try to be liked with this message, you know, mm-hmm. you could be in for a, a bit of a surprise, like, because people are, you could be as nice as you want. You could be as articulate as you want. You're always going to get um, this pushback and this. Uh, right. So, right. so 
if you go, well, maybe I should do something else to be liked more by these people as well. And then you just start pushing yourself into this corner of silence, of mm. like worry, Fair of enough. concern over being liked. Um, but yeah. Yeah. Like, so we're uh, like, we're trying to get people. So it, it's about like, not like we shouldn't focus that much on being likable. Um, and we're trying to get people to change their habits. So that's the reason why we, uh, we're even talking about this. Another sort of movement that tries to get people to change their movement, uh, sorry, habits, is the sustainable fashion movement, right? You shouldn't buy from fast fashion brands. You, like, uh, you, should, you should get uh, clothes from sustainable fashion, uh, clothes that are produced sustainably. But they don't seem to get the same kind of hatred uh, or same kind of opposition, I'd say, I'd say, as we do. Why do you think that is? I honestly don't know if they're as hmm. uh, outgoing as the animal rights movement. Um, right. I just don't see the that sustainable fashion movement being as outgoing and as as like this is a social justice movement. This is a this yeah, is like, a big movement of justice, like across the world. Like I mean, there there is um, it, they do ask people to change their habits, and then people. Uh, I, but I don't often. I don't often see people uh, the sustain them being held accountable on the streets, and there being these big, um, campaigns, um, like a. I re I really don't I really don't know and. Uh, I, I really can't answer that. I don't know if I can answer that question. Um, could, could it be because like uh, the sustainable fashion movement mostly is concerned with uh, like opposing because fast fashion, um, as far as I understand it, I've not looked too deep into it, but mm -hmm. as far as I understand, it's because fast, uh, fast fashion employs uh, child labor, it employs slave labor, so that kind of stuff. Right? So people want uh, the sustainable, fa uh, sustainable fashion movement they want this to stop, right? Mm -hmm. And my hypothesis uh, is that people already care about children. Mm -hmm. People already mm -hmm. care about children. People already care about humans being enslaved. So when you say to them, look, here's what you do to stop your contribution to that, they say, oh, is that so? Okay, I'll do it. Ours, I think, is a different one because you say, look, Here's what you do to stop your contribution to putting pigs in gas chambers. And the, most people's reaction, I think, like, but why should we? Uh, why should we, uh, like, try to uh, stop putting pigs in gas chambers? What's wrong with that? It's the food chain, though. Um, maybe that's why. Like, it could be a well, possible maybe, reason. Like, speciesism driving it. They don't care about the animals enough, and they, they right. do care they about... They don't, don't really care about the victim, right? The because um, I think um, the, the, this claim about uh, that I often hear about the... F uh, you, you see, the fast fashion industry... Uh, sorry, the sustainable fashion movement is trying to get people to change their habits, but they don't get that hatred. I think it might be because they're just providing a solution instead of like pointing out a problem and then providing a solution, which is what the vegan movement is doing. Really? I mean, do you think? that's interesting. They would have to provide the, the, they would have to talk about the problem. I obviously, um, 
I mean, no, I just, like, the, like they people already know that it, this is a problem, right? They're, they're yeah, just yeah. pointing it out that this yeah. is a problem. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then saying, here's the solution. Yeah. In our case, we're saying, look, that's a problem. That is yeah. not that this is the problem. That's a problem that needs to be solved. And mm. here's the solution. And and the issue is that people don't really care about the problem to begin yeah. with. Because we have to go, well, here's why you should care about animals first. Right. Yeah. Uh, uh, excuse me, you should care about pigs because, and then off the back of that, mm. this is why this is bad. And then also, can you please change what you eat three times mm. a day and what you wear and use and this and that, you know, and uh, or change your philosophy in your mind that you have brought up been brought up from when you were a child to believe that these animals are, are food animals and uh, these animals are for loving, these ones are for killing. And, you know, so you're, mm. you're changing this whole, like they're already brought up like humans matter and you shouldn't mm -hmm. enslave children and treat humans like crap. So like, yeah, I mean, they're, you're, you're coming off of this, the back of them already caring for one being. And then in our case, we're trying to get them to care for animals that they have, they discriminated against for their entire lives and right. know, the whole culture does. So yeah, it's a, it's a harder battle, I guess. Right. It's a much harder right. battle. Yeah. The, the perspective that I'm seeing here is because, um, I suppose, like, I, like, I, I suppose that's changed in the last few years, but, um, last couple of years, but mm. outside the West sort of, it has always been the case that there are certain movements like which are much, much more hated than the animal rights movement. It's it's not even close, right? If you advocate, like if I advocate for animal rights here, like people are going to mock me for sure, but yeah. I, no one's coming to my doorstep and uh, like shooting me in the face, right? Uh, which does happen with other movements, right? Like there are atheist bloggers in like even my own country, even in India and Bangladesh, where people will show up to your doorstep and, and like off you go. So uh, I, I think like, because um, like people, I, I think it's a difference in whether or not you care about the victims. I think uh, this view that veganism is, that the, view, the reason that vegans are so hated is because of their own behavior, uh, I think is a sort of very Western perception, uh, which, is just, which just falls apart when you come outside the West. But uh, like, just going off on the back of that, I, I just sort of made a comparison, didn't I, between humans and non-humans, which is what uh, vegans do a lot, right? Some vegans do a lot. You you do it often. Mm -hmm. um, like we say, like, like the reason that uh, putting pigs in gas chambers is wrong is the same reason that, uh, the, like, for example, the Nazis putting... Jewish people and Polish people and so uh, so on in gas chambers. The, re the, the reason for both of them being wrong is the same. Although the victims are not the same, but the reason for them be, uh, being wrong is the same. Yeah. Like we, we do that. How is that a valid comparison? Like, like because the victims are so different in this case. How is, how is it that that, is, that could possibly be a valid comparison? Yeah, I mean, like, it's interesting that it's even a comparison. It's literally almost identical actions that it's mm. just the victims are different, you know, and that, and you just mentioned that. It's just like sometimes I say that it's not even a comparison. It's just there, there, are, there are things that are almost identical that happen, 
um, mm. that happened in, like if you, you mentioned the Jewish, the Holocaust of in mm. Nazi Germany. Like the Nazi, like, right. Yeah, like the gas chamber for one is mm. almost like, if, if anything, the gas chambers they use today are much more efficient. And, uh, mm. you know, there's, there's many things that are, well, well, there's another one, the euphemisms. Um, you know, like they, Nazis would call it euthanasia when they were mass killing people. Euthanasia, right. like they would, you know, they had like a uh, the discrimination is one thing. We got speciesism, uh, speciesism in one court, in one court, and then we had a uh, you know anti-Semitism in the other, or you know racism, racism, or other forms of discrimination are a big driver for these atrocities, human atrocities. Um, you know, you've got the propaganda, you know, the, mm. the, the anti-Jew propaganda and in animal agriculture, it's the humane and they're, they're put here for mm. us and they, they don't, they don't suffer. Mm. And yes. you know, mm. you know, there's all these propaganda. So there's many things that, that are almost identical. They're a bit different. Um, you know, I think obviously that what happens to the non-human animals is vastly worse. I mean, the, these animals are treated like nothing. They're mass bred, they're mass slaughtered, and then they're eaten and fed to children and cooked outside on the patio and barbecues. And there's no regard for them at all. There is no mm. regard for them. And um, no one, you have to try to convince people this is an atrocity. You have to try to mm -hmm. convince them that this is bad, you know? So, um, but uh, yeah, it's, it's, I often just say that in many cases, it's not even a comparison. It's just that the, the, the animals are different. Um, and I, I think uh, when using like a word, uh, the, the the description of that word is like, so the, the word Holocaust is like uh, slaughter or destruction on a mass scale. And it's, it's mm. completely accurate to use that word. I understand that it, it, it can be emotive to people and just bring up um, images of Nazi Germany, but then we could even look to Nazi Germany and see many diff uh, similarities. Um you know, so yeah, I guess, I guess, yeah, that would be my answer to it. Right. That's that's a that's a good answer. Uh, but like, even if that comparison were valid, right? Mm. Because again, we're not doing this to sort of win debates. Yeah. Is it an effective thing to do, right, to say that this is a Holocaust? Um, I. Getting into debates about what's effective, you know, I think it depends. It it really depends. Um, mm -hmm. You know, if you, uh, I honestly saying, if you, what are you pointing to when you say this is a Holocaust? Like, if you're showing them pigs struggling in gas chambers, getting stabbed in the throat one by one, mm. and uh, you could just say, and you and you point to that and you say this is a Holocaust, you've given them enough visual context for them to understand what you mean mm. you know what i mean you can say the mm. victims are different mm. but this is a holocaust you know mm -hmm. i think that the problem arises when you don't give enough context to what you're saying and mm -hmm. you make short statements with no with not enough context so people mm -hmm. oh what are you saying this is what i learned in school you know, everyone, when they hear that word, that's all they learned about that is uh, it happened mm. once in 1944 in Germany, you know, so, I mean. Um, yeah, that's interesting because to me, to me, that's a little bit different. Uh, mm. But anyway, before we get to that, uh, like, I, I do want to get into that. But uh, like on the point of providing context, you said just a moment ago that what happens to animals is much worse, right? Yeah. Uh, if I... 
like I've often said that the entirety of what we're doing to animals is much like exponentially worse because mm. of the number of victims involved. Yes. Right? So that that is something I uh, I'm fairly confident in. Yeah. Uh, like, but I'm not sure if I understand you. Like, are you saying that is that the claim you're making, or are you saying that the individual experience of animals is much worse than the individual experience of each of those? People. No, no. I mean, I don't think we can make that claim because um, of course, and I'm not. I'm, when I'm saying that it's worse in many ways, and numbers is, you know, like if you're going to calculate, it's, it's not comparable. Yeah. It's, it's, it's no comparison. Um, more animals are killed in about four weeks or something than the amount of humans that have ever existed. So in a year, like you know, you could you could start. It's just it's just that when you talk about human individual experience, um, you're talking about uh, you know. The vastly different um, level of of conceptual thought and depth of uh, cognitive, you know, just thinking about everything from all different angles in the future and past and families being, you know, I just think it's a, a little bit deeper on an individual basis for a human being. I'm not saying all human beings. There's definitely... Um, you know, the arg uh, argument from marginal cases would say like, you know, you can get human beings from that, that, that have a similar mm -hmm. experience to a chicken in their mind because of the way that they were born, um, unfortunately. Mm -hmm. So, you know, but I, I just think when you talk about your average human being versus your average uh, pig, then you're going to mm -hmm. talk about a deeper experience for the human being. And I don't think that's speciesist to say that. Um, I think it would be speciesist to say that if there were both uh, there were different species of, of a similar um, level of cognitive ability and um, mm -hmm. then it would be, but yeah, I, I'm not talking about on individual basis. I'm talking basically, and, and basically the fact there's, there's things that are worse in the fact that the way that they were, they were looked at and viewed at mm -hmm. animals mm -hmm. viewed at much worse. I mean, obviously yeah. they were treated yeah, as animals, but, okay. but not exactly the same as animals, if you know what I mean. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Be before we move on further, I, I just want to push back on this, um, notion a little bit that humans, because they are capable of much more uh, cognition, mm. uh, suffer more. Because like, mm. I'm, at the moment I'm speaking from like my own experience, in that last year around June, uh, I started like a meditation practice yeah. and it, it has sort of uh, made me realize things, certain things about my mind. The thing that I've realized is that I can mitigate a lot of pain Right. And so can a lot of people, um, e even people who don't do meditation, they can mitigate a lot of pain by thinking about how this will get better. Right. Like we're in pain right now. We think, oh, this will get over soon. Non-human animals are non-rational creatures mostly. Right. And when they feel pain, they don't ever know what's going to happen. Right. So it could be right, that non-human animals suffer more. And, and, and there's a, another uh, point to take there, and that like, because we're rational creatures, right, what is the biological purpose of pain? It is to say like, don't do that again, right? If you touch some, something, hot, something that's hot, your body gives you a response, don't do that again. Mm. And because you have a certain level of intelligence, you don't need, you, you can understand that from a sort of mild level of pain. But yeah. for non-human animals, they don't quite get it, right? So they need a far more harsh level of pain to understand the same thing. So, it, so as far as our understanding of biology is concerned, 
it must be the case or it probably is the case that non-human animals might feel more physical pain and because they can't mitigate their suffering by thinking about how this will get better it, it might be the case that they are also suffering more what do you think of that idea I've thought about this and I used to I used to say exactly this that that because they can't rationalize what's happening to them that they might have a more of a be suffering more but then I I actually so I do get in two minds about it and and but 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 when you talk about it's really difficult to have this philosophical discussion about on mm -hmm. an individual basis who suffers mm -hmm. more um mm -hmm. and, and just when you took when you take a human being from civilization who's had this level of comfort and then you take them and you put them in some concentration camp, some slave camp, and then you separate their children from, from them. And then, you know, um, like versus uh, a, a pig. And, um, you know, I just, I just feel like, a, you know, like a pig is like a, almost like a toddler in their mind. You know what I mean? Like they don't understand all of these complex issues say a human uh, adult human does so mm -hmm. they could do, do, would a pig emotionally suffer more or just physically suffer more um and is emotional suffering a deeper form of suffering than physical pain i just i, I really it, i don't it's know it's difficult to compare um mm. uh, it's also interesting like people do say this uh, and it's like that pigs are like toddlers right adult pigs are like toddlers <laughs> but the thing is right i i don't quite remember where i read this that you 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 can get birds right um birds and pigs that will solve problems that like if, if you give them water right that's like uh it's it's deep into a puddle or something like that a bird knows right to put in stones to get the water like a toddler doesn't know that so when we sort of say these things that you know pigs are like toddlers maybe it's maybe a speciesist way of judging their intelligence because we're judging them according to our metrics yeah but yeah yeah because there are chickens right because mm -hmm. i was doing a, a, a back in the days we're doing a bit of stuff on uh animal intelligence and uh like a baby chick um mm -hmm understands when you've covered something up like this mm -hmm. uh, they know that that's actually still there but a, pa right. a, a baby of the same age or up until six months will think that that thing has disappeared you know what mm -hmm. i mean so they have they possess different types of intelligence at a younger better like more you know like greater forms of intelligence at a younger age than some human infants do um mm -hmm. But, uh, you know, I just, uh, yeah, it is, it is kind of yeah, like, you know, different types of intelligence, like in the ocean, like with the fish, mm -hmm. there's great, mm -hmm. like they, they beat the, um, the primates in, uh, the colored plate experiment. And then they beat, mm -hmm. uh, the, the scientists, I think it was a four-year-old child at the colored plate experiment, learning to eat off one plate first, one colored plate first, and then they'd get both mm -hmm. plates. Um, so the, the fish, you know, excelled more than the primates and the toddler in that experiment in which would you say the fish are more intelligent than those two other beings well in that experiment they were and in mm -hmm. others they might not fare too well so i get what you're saying i yeah, I, I get what you're saying and it's it's a much it's a, a more complex it's it's i guess to try to explain this to someone you know on the street 
when you know you could just say well they're about their, their, that intelligence there's mm. differences there mm. are things that are the same but you know they kind of even out maybe if we if we judge them by our metrics they are yeah. the same level of intelligence mm. now it's interesting we, we really went off on a tangent there um <laughs> we, we were discussing it, yeah we, we, mm. we were discussing the comparisons that we make um mm. so we've already discussed trauma what one last thing i would like to uh discuss before we wrap this up and hopefully get to some Q&A is that you mentioned that when you when you mention Holocaust, <clears throat> right, most people just think uh, of like what happened in Europe during World War II. Right. It, it's, it's very different for me. Uh, and I, I'll get to that soon. But also when slavery, when you say slavery, I think most people in the West think slavery of black people, right? The transatlantic slave trade. That's mm. what most people think. Mm. But that's not what I think. I, I think of the slavery that went on here, right? Mm. And it's very interesting how, how, how similar it is, like the, the use of euphemisms. Right? Because like, the slavery that went on here was never called slavery. Even today, you can get books that will, be, that will have it mentioned that it was forced recruitment. What, what on earth is forced recruitment? Forced recruitment is slavery, right? And um, that's the kind of uh, use of euphemisms that the animal agriculture industry will also use, uh, even with the Holocaust, right? Uh, although the methods of killing were like, definitely not the same, um, the peop- uh, like, under sort of the British colonial rule, right? there, there were uh, people in India were basically the supplies were taken away from here, resulting, some historians estimate like between 30 to 35 million, others estimate much lower numbers from 15 to 30 million. Um, so these are again very interesting. Uh, I mentioned them because I think that's exactly what animal agriculture is doing, right? In their use of euphemisms, how, how they will not say they're killing um, diseased um, animals, they will say they're calling them, right? Um, and so forth. So I think that was worth mentioning because, because by doing this, right, most people have no idea that slavery went on in India. And I think if we don't make these comparisons, if we don't say uh, like it, how it really is, I think there is a very big chance that we might not learn the lesson that needs to be learned here from like even if we did reach a vegan world, I think it's important to take the lesson out of this. What do yeah. you, what, what do you think? Because we're doing the same thing across the board and calling it different things, and people are getting confused. But it's the same thing with different, uh, mm-hmm. different beings, different races, mm-hmm. different species, and and uh, that's why oppression is kind of a mindset. You know, it's like, mm-hmm. it's this oppressive mindset. Like you are less, you work for us without pay or you deserve to be murdered and eaten. We're not, we're just going to call it processing. Like there's a move in animal agriculture to stop calling it slaughtering and call okay. it processing. They're going to outlaw the, they're trying to outlaw the word from the, from their, mm-hmm. you know, that's crazy. You don't want to use slaughtering. And I think the word slaughtering has even been dumbed down a little bit. Like it's even been... Mm. I kind of desensitized to that word now, you know, and, yeah, uh, right. it, but yeah, I honestly do, do think that there are, and, and you, your case, uh, when you, when you brought this up, actually, um, uh, a while back, I think it was the end of 2020, 
the yeah, beginning year. of two, beginning of 2021 it was yeah. yeah when you brought yeah. this up this was a very important point because there was a, a big debate about this and we're kind of we're kind of bringing up old you know <laughs> raising <laughs> it back up again <laughs> so hopefully it doesn't kick off again but, yeah. but um, that's fine that's fine i think um but i think you made some really important points that there have been other holocausts and um mm. you know and and what really really got me angry is that if there was another similar thing that happened to another group of human beings for some stupid surface level trivial reason like race or whatever sex or gender or something like this and there's some mass atrocity happened mm. and they, they were like well this is very similar to this holocaust that we had mm. back then let's call this mm. a holocaust no one would have a problem with it if you called what right if no. it was human beings in the situation and you said holocaust they wouldn't go oh my god i'm so offended don't you know this brings up generational trauma from don't you know that that mm. this is a you know that that's what pissed me off because it wasn't that we we're using this word it was who were we using the word on behalf of that they mm. felt so you right. know because we're not doing it. this for ourselves yeah 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 and it was mm. it was so like it was so obvious to me that uh, and uh, and i felt that a lot of the the pushback was from people who i i felt were it was rooted in speciesism myself i thought it was <laughs> I, I felt there were two sort of two courts here there was one court um it's not effective the other court was it's not a holocaust or you can't say that because it's offensive mm. and those courts pissed me off a lot this court here if they were genuine we can have that discussion when is it effective yeah. is it effective this is cool let's do this yeah. let's do this don't yeah. dare yeah. tell me that it's not one don't dare tell mm. me and don't tell me that it's offensive just because you know um you know because if it was another human it's only offensive because you think so little of those animals um, mm, yeah. But it were, if it was human beings who were like trait equalized, you wouldn't get offended if, if we called it a Holocaust. And um, right. I think, uh, yeah, like, look, using accurate words is important. Um, culling, I think culling is a bad word myself, even though the mm. industry use it. The word cull to me sounds bad. Uh, mm. I mean, that, that might be because I'm a vegan <laughs> and because okay. I know what culling is. And when I think of culling, I think of necks being snapped. Um, mm. or you, could, you know, but I don't think we should lose these words to describe what happens i think that they um that they don't always have to be used by law <laughs> to be a good activist i just don't think they should be excluded and if other people use them um then uh, i wouldn't tell them not to because they are accurate yeah. and um we need people from all different angles here approaching mm -hmm. this um yeah yeah it's like you don't step on my toes. I don't step on yours. Yeah. Um, and, and I think that's like a good place to end the general discussion. Uh, if you have some time, I have some Q&A. Like, should we go through them? Of course. Let's go. Let's go. I'm happy yeah. to. Yeah. Okay. So uh, these are some questions from my patrons who were yeah. really excited to know that you were coming on the podcast. Oh, wow. That's so, good. Yeah. So, so the first question is, uh, like for someone who never wants to be in the spotlight and can't do st uh, street activism because they don't have the social energy for it, what's the one skill that they should start developing right now uh, that will be like crucial in supporting the uh, sort of movement, maybe from the flanks? God, that is, you got all these hard questions, but they're good. Um, I say, what's the one skill? You want one? Okay, let's go, yeah. let's go. They, they, they basically don't want to be in the spotlight. 
they, 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 and these, there's a lot of people like this, and that's totally fine. But you can mm. be utilized, and you can utilize yourself in in this skill. Um, uh, I personally, <laughs> what 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 would I? Okay, let, let me just look at it from my perspective because there's probably a lot of answers to this. I personally think it's social media. Mm. If you can mm. master social media and the art of viral, um, somehow Trojan horsing, is that speciesist? Trojan horsing? <laughs> Trojan <laughs> horsing. <laughs> um, Trojan horsing the vegan message in some viral way or um, mm. understanding this complex algorithm because I have been on social media for years and it mm. rattles my brain how to do this. But all I know is that you either to, – to reach the mainstream, you either – uh, get in the media on TV mm. or utilize social media. There's not that many other ways. Billboards mm. are okay, but social media is paramount because it's right. our media, you know, and uh, you have to navigate the, the area of um, censorship and things like this. But if you, if you can develop that skill, whether it's short clips on, t- let's just say you've, you get it, make a viral TikTok account and you're very careful about how you go about it. Um, then you can reach millions of people, from a, mm. a viral TikTok account, um, right. so that would be my my advice. One, one advice, okay. So uh, the next question is about. Uh, it's interesting because uh, at the point at which uh, at which we're discussing this recently, I believe it was KFC that came out with their vegan burger. Yeah. Right. And like, what is your opinion on that, on buying these vegan products from primarily non-vegan brands? So, like, is that I'm a telling good thing? you, it's amazing. When, when KFC did that, that's, you know how big that is? Do you know how hmm. big that is? Like, back in the, like, so when I, I went vegan in 2013, I, started, I got online in 2015. You told me that McDonald's and KFC and that would have a vegan burger back then. It was a dream. It was a dream. You know why mm-hmm. it's a dream? Because they have a. I mean, and obviously, do I support KFC's practices? Absolutely not. Like I'm mm-hmm. in factory farms all the time, witnessing right. what they do to animals. <clears throat> but you know, I'm driving around. Like last night, I was out. Actually, I was out at a farm. You know, mm. investigating, okay. and then I was driving back, and all I seen was big billboards. McDonald's McPlant, McDonald's McPlant. McPlant is the vegan burger at McDonald's in the UK right now, Veganuary. And you go into the, the the petrol station and it's Veganuary, it's Veganuary. It's, you go into KFC and there's the Imposter Burger. It's just everywhere. Like they have oh. so much money for advertising. They've got so much reach. They can basically, if I'm a, if I'm a new vegan, right, doing Veganuary and I'm like, the, the, one of the biggest problems is that it's not convenient for me to adhere to this moral principle. So I'm going to have to fall off the wagon and eat a bit of meat here and then all of a sudden they throw the moral principle out the window because they just at that crucial stage they find it too hard or they they're a bit mm. they flip-flop and you know so i just think that these the the practicality of having these massive chains um mm. having vegan options is huge and uh you can change these corporations from within like burger king now in the uk uh they i think they committed to a 50 percent plant-based menu by the end of wow. 2025 50% okay. what the didn't where'd that, that come from that's huge yeah like uh like I'm pretty sure that's what I've seen so they brought in the vegan nuggets and then they they made this commitment and it was for I think it was for the environment or climate or something like this but that imagine that's if I huge. said yeah boycott them boycott them boycott them let's protest 
boycott Burger King. No way, man. No way. Like, so <clears throat> yeah, my opinion is that, and is it, is it unethical? No, it's not unethical. Like, like people who say this are usually, it's usually a certain type of person who says, don't buy this vegan product from these corporate. I mean, I don't want to stereotype here, but it's usually like from a certain group of people that say this. And I've been criticized heavily. People call me a KFC, um, I don't know, like a, uh, they think I'm sponsored by them or something. I'm not sponsored by any food brand, not even VFC. I'm not sponsored by VFC. Yeah. Like I do this, I, I deliberately don't do paid uh, promotions. I do promotions of things that I believe in. Um, but uh, it's usually certain type of people that say don't do not do it. But then they go like, so then I'll like start analyzing that person. I'm like, so where do you get your, where do you get your shopping from, man? Like, God, it must be mm. hard not support, only supporting vegan businesses. Yeah. So, so, and, and I've actually called people out, other vegan activists out, because I'm like, well, you ate Linda McCartney's, and Linda McCartney's is a vegetarian company. So you got their mm -hmm. vegan product, and that, you, so you're telling other people to do something that you don't even do, you, mm. you can't do, and you understand yeah. that it's impractical and almost impossible, you know? So, yeah, it's like, um, like, where did you get your rice from? Because, like, like people buy their rice from shopping malls, I imagine, a lot of people. Mm. Uh, those shopping malls are certainly not vegan. Um, so I currently like uh, like I'm I'm seeing this rile up a lot. So I'm I'm currently forming my own opinion. So that that was really interesting. Thank you. Um, I'll have to think about Let, this more. Let's let's do it. Let's do a little bit more because we can have another five minutes okay. on it. But like, they know exactly uh, what they sell. They know mm. exactly. There's granularity when they mm. do their their books. Oh, we sold we sold this many imposter burgers at KFC. We need to contact Quorn because Quorn is the company that make the patties and we need mm -hmm. to get more. You're supporting Quorn basically. And what else is it made out of? Bread? Lettuce? You're supporting mm -hmm. the bread and lettuce. You, they're not slaughtering mm -hmm. animals to replace that stuff. And the same with, uh, with the McDonald's. It's beyond meat. Do you mm -hmm. buy beyond meat at the shops? You're just buying it off this other seller. And the argument is some of that money goes to help generate funds to slaughter yeah. more like you can't make that claim like what it does is it incentivizes them to keep the product on and they replace more of that product from the wherever they source that from and then people will mm -hmm. go and buy an uber and then in that that uber that that person in the uber will take the money and uber takes them this isn't a vegan company they all go out and buy meat mm -hmm. with that money it's just like mm -hmm. there's so many levels to that um trying mm -hmm. to like they just think of food but if you look mm -hmm. at all the other utilities they they participate in, they're not vegan, mm -hmm. and the people that run these places aren't vegan. And um, I just don't think there's any ethical issue, and I don't think it works out um, on the financial end either, because like they mm -hmm. know exactly what they're selling and what they should keep on. So I just think it's positive right. all round, and it found it feels counterintuitive. But uh, I mean, yeah, I've been pretty outspoken about it myself. I just think it's stupid mm -hmm. and it's counterproductive to. If you don't want to go into McDonald's, I don't force any vegan to go into McDonald's, right? You should do what you want, but don't tell mm -hmm. other people that it's bad for some reason. You know what I mean? Right. So that's that's my position. So yeah. Okay, that's interesting. Okay, the next question um, is: If you could, right? If you had yeah. the capacity, would you legally ban the consumption of animals? I wouldn't just ban it. I would make it a crime. I would make it. I would okay. make it a crime to not only purchase it but to supply animal products. I would make mm -hmm. those two things a crime. Right. It, like, it's interesting because uh, here in India, the government does do that with a certain kind of product. Do you know what that is? 
No. No idea, right? Uh, they do it with beef, right? So you're not in certain oh, states. Oh, yeah, 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 right? yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. yes. But the thing is, didn't work out that well. No. Right? Didn't work out that well. Because um, it, it then goes into like, people don't agree already um, with, with what you're doing here. So it, it, it kind of builds up a lot of tension. So the uh, sort of opposite viewpoint here is that we should first get more people on our side because currently we're just 1%. Um, so do you oh, think do you mean, that changes? So, so would I legally ban it right now? Yeah. Uh, like I still think, right, if you legally ban it across the board, right, mm. and you phased it in um, and then you made it, no, no, like you, ban it now. Like it's a, it's a complete stop. Well, like, yeah, practically you couldn't do that. Um, you could like if you, you could hypothetically. Oh, uh, yeah, uh, hypoth in a hypothetical situation, if I could ban it and then those animals would hypothetically just disappear somehow and then uh, we, mm -hmm. we outlawed it across the world. Mm. And uh, yeah, if I had that power, I would do it. Of, of course, I would. Uh, I get what you're saying about like one product in a country that always have they already have massive dairy industry. India, like they're yeah, massive yeah. exporters it's, it's of beef massive. and leather. They're exploiting all these cows and then killing them offshore or whatever. They they have the underground. Do they have underground slaughterhouses there? Yeah, um, where 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 you India? ban it, right? When you ban it, right? Then these uh, sort of underground ones sort of develop. Of course, that's the and, problem. And, the same, but it's got it's the same problem in the human context. I mean, you, you outlaw child slavery; it still happens. Like it's not mm. like it's against the UN to to have any slavery. I think it's worldwide. I mean, they mm. still have sex slaves in the UK, you know. But it's mm. it's outlawed. You know, if you mm -hmm. get caught, you go to prison. You know, it's mm. not going to stop. Like banning animal products doesn't stop animal products, but it enforces if. Most it does, it would force a lot of people to stop and then it would criminalize it too. It would criminalize the exploitation and killing of animals. Um, what, what, should, what sort of, uh, should people get the same uh, time in prison for killing an animal? Well, uh, I don't know. That's like another, this big, opens up this big mm. Pandora's box of like discussion. <laughs> but I, I do think that it should be banned and it should be illegal. And I don't think you should oh, be allowed to buy it. Like, you know, because you're supporting that, um, so, so basically, if you found out that you know there was this there was this illegal operation happening where they were enslaving people for as long as they were productive, doing some type of work, then they were killing them and you know selling their bodies for I don't know illegal research or something, and you went and paid for for products out of there knowingly. I think that you should be you should be um, arrested for that. I don't think you should mm -hmm. be. Yeah, so that's that's the same sort of logic here. Yeah. Right. Interesting. Okay. Um, we have just three more questions. Um, so, like, this one's about your personal activism. Like, you okay. visit a lot of um, slaughterhouses and these uh, farms, and like, a lot of people will get uh, nightmares and uh, sort of trauma, but just by watching footage online. I personally have never watched a documentary about veganism. Not one. Because I, I can't deal with it, right? Of course, um, that's fine. Yeah, I understand. Yeah. And like, how do you deal with that? Because you see, you're seeing it in person. How, how, do, you, how do you deal with that? I, uh, you know, I don't really have a choice, I feel, in my mind. I do have a choice, but in my mind, I don't really, I haven't given myself that choice. 
mm-hmm. whether or not I can deal with it or there. I just basically have just made a decision and mm-hmm. uh, I'm very committed to this decision. And uh, I also think I'm a different type of person. Like, you know, when you have a some type of corporation or, you know, just use the army as an analogy, you don't put not everyone in the army is out on the field fighting, you know, like, mm. or generals, commandos, and you've got people in administration, mm. you know, the, you know, mm. so like they're all without the administration, you know, that the army falls apart, you know, kind of thing. <laughs> they need mm-hmm. all of these different important people. So I feel like my character is suited to be on the front lines in there doing things that are, they're traumatic, uh, they're scary, they're dangerous. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, that's why I've also been in the firing line for things that I that I say, you know, probably get cancelled for this podcast in some way. I, go, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> but uh, but, but, but um, there's, there's this like so, certain characters are good for certain roles and I think they gravitate mm-hmm. to those roles naturally. When you like, when you let, let people to their devices, they gravitate mm-hmm. to the roles that their character mm-hmm. is good for. And I, I've deliberately, there's a saying like – don't ignore suffering, move closer to it. You know, and uh, I think that, yeah. that like that, that I think the key is like, what's going on in these places. And I, and I honestly think like people say there's so much investigation footage, but like we need new stuff. Mm. We need free range exposure. We need this, we need that. We need all this new stuff needs to keep, keep coming out, keep mm. coming out. For, yeah. And uh, I, 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 I actually, the, the worst thing that I've ever felt, mm. right. Because I've seen suffering animals and have to leave them there, like leave the suffering mm, birds okay. on the ground, and uh, you know then then you have to walk out, and you can't you just can't take them. Out. You rescues have to be planned. You can't just take a bunch of birds. You have to have a home for them. You have to think about all these things. So it's it's really difficult. You're in this position where you can't just rescue every animal you see, especially if you're mm. doing a dozen farms. You'll have mm-hmm. two truckloads of animals in like. 200 grand worth of vet bills it's just not, not practical so like you have to leave mm-hmm. animals and that's sad because mm-hmm. the next day you feel bad or should i have could i have done more these things go through your mind but when i was in the slaughterhouse in bali <clears throat> and i was watching halal slaughter it wasn't it was just passing off as halal they weren't they weren't praying or anything they were just basically decapitating animals and uh calling it halal <clears throat> and uh the the seeing that horrible because I, I actually blurred it, which I, I shouldn't have blurred it for YouTube, but I did blur it. They saw the animal's head and then they, the animal was trying to breathe and vomiting out of this hole and blood was spraying on me. It was really, really graphic. And I was actually terrified of the people who were slaughtering them too because we we're there by ourselves. And, I, you know, mm-hmm. so it was, it was a really traumatic experience. Mm-hmm. After that, I had to recover and like, you know, but I, I brought this this video, important video out. After but the the one that really stuck with me was um, in Austria. Um, it was a pig slaughterhouse, and it was my birthday, and it just happened to fall on my birthday. And uh, a, a colleague in the movement she she got us access to the slaughterhouse. So basically, we were bearing witness to these pigs in this holding pen. And the video is up on my um, light up the world playlist. Um, okay. You can see the fir- there's two parts. First, I'm bearing witness to the animals, and then the next part is um, it's called "Vegan Literally Enters the Kill Floor of a Slaughterhouse," and uh, uh, yeah. yeah, and it's it's basically what you would think as of as sort of the highest welfare slaughterhouse, you know, 
Um, it's not a gas chamber. They're stunning them. They, they were they were being stunned quite quickly. So, you know, there wasn't much struggling. They were just being electrocuted and then they were out. They, mm-hmm. they, they were being raised by their, you know, their trotter and they were moving a little bit. But what really got to me was not when they were being dunked in the scalding tank and rolled to get their hair removed and not when they were being gutted, you know, down to their tongue and their tongue pulled out and all their entrails pulled out. It was when they um, they dropped a drop saw down the pig, through, from the anus, down the spine, through the pig's head. And I was looking inside of this pig's head and I was just thinking, I was just with those pigs in that holding pen. Like just, they were nuzzling me and I was like, look how beautiful these animals are. I'm so sorry. And I was like, and then I'm looking inside of this pig's skull and it just, it left like this traumatic, I could almost feel it. In like a traumatic scar in my mind. It was really, I felt the trauma happen right there and then. I was like, oh my God, that really rocked me. <clears throat> that there was one of the, one of the worst feelings for me subjectively that I've felt while witnessing this type of stuff. And I actually, the way I dealt with it <laughs> was I didn't really have time to be honest. I just kept doing activism. The next day I had a debate on hmm. live on, um, the LBC radio with uh, Nick Ferrari. And uh, mm, I was that. incredibly aggressive during, <laughs> like even for my standards, I was just like, I was not having it. One second of what he was saying, I didn't care. Mm, I just true. wanted to let him have it publicly. And because um, after he was he was talking, oh, it's just a pig. And I was like, you, it's just a pig, hey? So, yeah, I mean, I guess like some meditation, maybe a break before I had that discussion with him. But, you know, mm. um, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I, I will say this though, because I'm I kind of went off on a tangent into the things that I've seen. I thought maybe people might. Uh, we are getting later on to the podcast, but I want to yeah. say the main way that I cope is through action. So okay. seeing all those things, witnessing all those things, and taking action, or even knowing if you don't see visual, if you haven't visually seen those things, knowing that they happen, and taking action. Without action, I would feel helpless and it would eat me up. So I, I take action and create impact, and that's what helps mm-hmm. me. I don't think there's much mm-hmm. else that that would. Yeah, fair enough. Um, that that was that was uh, intense. Um, mm. Should we say? Okay. Um, like, do you think we we uh, as okay? Here's the, it's the next question. We as vegans, we really focus on sort of uh, these uh, like food, right? We focus on food. But do you think we should focus on like other things, uh, things like um, horse riding or aquariums or um, zoos, you know, all that kind of stuff in order to gain public support? Do you think that's a good strategy? To, to, so just as a strategy to, get, to gain public support, I, I just... A lot of the public focus, uh, I suppose, uh, but let's pay more attention to those issues. You know, like I think those issues need to be spoken about, and if people take it upon themselves to speak about these issues, I think that's great. Um, Mm -hmm. I just focus on most of the problem, and uh, and Mm -hmm. I've always maintained that mantra: like focus on most of the problem. And you know, Mm -hmm. number one would be meat, because Mm -hmm. if you think about meat, it's the fishing industry. It's uh, you know, chickens the number one exploited and killed land animal on earth. Uh, so mm-hmm. fishing and chicken, those two things, and, uh, you know, pigs and cows and dairy and eggs, and those that's where all the suffering, dairy and eggs suffering, prolonged suffering, egg industry, mm. prolonged suffering. It's, it's incredibly egregious. Um, 
you know, the zoos are prisons. Factory farms yeah. are prisons where they torture the animals and then kill them. You know, mm-hmm. zoos are bad. Mm-hmm. Factory farms mm-hmm. are horrible. They're the work. They're, they're they're a crime. Uh, it's an incredible crime against uh, these creatures. Um, so, like, <clears throat> and they they make up such a minority of things. Um, you know, and it doesn't mean they shouldn't be spoken about. Animal testing is another one. Vivisection is another one. Uh, fur industry. These are all important issues for those animals who are being subjugated and abused, imprisoned, and exploited, and used for entertainment and. I, I have uh, I, I maintain that um that we should focus on like what's causing the most suffering, the most yeah. suffering and killing and death, exploitation mm. and uh, animal rights violations, and that's like fishing, chicken, pigs, pork, mm. these industries, eggs and dairy. Like the, these are like now, I, I, I do think that you can still gain you still can garner a lot of public support like this way right. we, we we have it's a it's a massive movement mostly focused on food animals uh, that has mm-hmm. grown exponentially uh since uh, well i uh, entered the movement 2013 and 2015 was more online and it's grown exp- exponentially since then you know mm-hmm. just doing the, the tactic that we have been doing and people accuse me often of not caring about animals in testing labs or not caring about animals in the fur industry or something like this or whatever ridiculous thing, you know, it's like, well, I have chosen sort of my field here. And if anyone asks me about these other issues, I will speak on them and I I have no problem speaking on them if I, and I do, I do tend to here and there, but mostly I'm Mm -hmm. focusing on this big chunk of it. And I think that's a, it's it's worked well for me and if we got if like if we got people just to stop eating animals eating right. them that would be huge now yeah. if we got them to stop eating the the dairy and the eggs as well another big step huge just those mm-hmm. things eating animals and dairy and eggs that would be gargantuan amounts of suffering stopped and killing stopped then we can right. the other ones would just naturally fall Fall apart right, I think. because because for them to stop doing that, they have to realize the moral worth <laughs> of animals, and once they yeah. realize that, the rest naturally follows. Um, you get someone to care about a chicken. You get someone yeah. to care about a chicken. Get someone to care about a fish like dominoes. The rest fall. You know right. what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a good point. Mm-hmm. Uh, you 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 just mentioned um, about how much the vegan movement has uh, gained momentum since. Mm. when you joined and this kind of leads us nicely to the final question which is how do you see the future of veganism in the sort of next five to ten years i i see it growing exponentially and it and it's sort of taking this snowball effect uh like of ever ever getting bigger and bigger and 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 the more it gets bigger the faster it gets bigger uh that's mm-hmm. what i see happening with it because it's kind of like a once you open up the floodgates um it can't be stopped now mm-hmm. um because it's based in truth and it's already it's pulling out the pulling out this idea that they had as a child that animals matter morally and then when you start bringing in the facts and statistics and then the, there's all these other movements attaching on the climate and um you know the, there's a big strong health movement and i just and then there's all these um now we've got the corporations taking mm. this seriously subway and kfc and mcdonald's and burger king and you know then we've got uh, you know the uh, lab-grown meat's been talked about a lot and uh, fermented uh, meat, uh, milk and things like growing in bioreactors and things like this. Like it, just logically, not even with any compassion or from an animal rights perspective, logically using animals for food is 
ridiculously stupid. It's resource intensive when it doesn't have to be mm. destroying the environment. So these things here, like just taking the animal rights part out of it, they, those things there are stro pretty strong as it is. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like mm. I just think yeah. it's, yeah. And I think they're going to work that out. Like McDonald's is going to work out like, Hey, like, we're feeding all this soy to the chickens to get some chicken nuggets. Why don't we just make the chicken nuggets out of soy? Like when mm. they work that one out, God, like it's, it might take another five years, but when they do, they'll be like, oh, wow, you know, we can make it taste exactly the same, exactly mm. the same. There's no difference. Protein probably higher in soy and, uh, yeah. you know, we can grow a lot less soy and we don't have to worry about bird flu, mm. salmonella, this and that, all the working with mm -hmm. all these chicken farms and yeah, I just think uh, yeah. it will, yeah. it will, it's going to get b bigger, faster, uh, the more the more it gets bigger, the faster it will get bigger, and just uh, that's we might hit a few big roadblocks. I believe there will be big pushback. You know, mm. then we'll have to break through that. Then there'll be big pushback. You know, because they're, they're going to fight so hard, so hard, and they're going to come up with new, interesting um, justifications. You know, yeah, and yeah, uh, that's yeah, yeah it's, it's already think, happening. It's already yeah. happening. Right, because yeah. uh, first it was like, uh, like when I first started, it was like lions though and, and uh, circle of life though, <laughs> but, but now it's like it's it's anti-indigenous. Wow. Yeah. Um, oh God. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So it's starting. It's starting, and There's it kind of reminds me of this uh, nice quote. I, I think it was from Arthur Schopenhauer, uh, which says that uh, every truth must pass through uh, three stages. First, yeah. it is ridiculed. Second, it is violently opposed. And third, it is um, accepted as being self-evidently true. Yeah. And I, yeah. I see people going through the cycle of three stages all the time. I'm like, oh, mm -hmm. yeah, he's ridiculing me. He's there. They are, uh, you know, they're violently opposing me. Okay. And people go, no, you know what, Joey? I've been watching you for a year. hated you so much that I kept watching you. And now I'm a vegan. <laughs> and now I'm an animal rights activist. You know, like, it's like a people will eventually realize that we were right all along. I just mm. think that there's a, there's a bunch of weird conspiracy people out there. Like, Oh my God, you're, de you're, uh, you're, uh, de deteriorating and you're, uh, you'll kill more animals if you eat plants and, or, uh, uh you know, <clears throat> veganism destroyed the earth. And it's a, it's a, uh, psyop and, uh, you know, there's, there's heaps of weird, quirky, um, conspiracy theories and, and just bizarre, arguments but um, are, i think there's claims yeah this truth does need to be defended but it does stand on its own merits mm. as well like mm. i think uh y y no matter how humane you try to make animal agriculture like taking out these mutilations these torture the torture the you know the the gassing and suffering and you use different gas or you try to kill them without them knowing and taking all these parts it's still the idea of a humane Holocaust is so distasteful mm. and yeah. some weird Twilight Zone horror movie that I just don't think that that's going to, that's going to be where we lay and, st and stop. <laughs> We're going to be like, mm -hmm. well, because the welfare yeah. movement wants to take away all these aspects of animal agriculture, like these, you know, that people talk so much about the suffering. And that's mm -hmm. why I don't actually have the rhetoric of reducing suffering. Um, right. Although it's important and it is part of my, you know, my moral, sort of uh compass sort of thing it, mm. it's a big part of it and it's the it's like the imperative part of it you don't want them suffering because mm. that's like a very immediate thing but you can reduce suffering all you like and still mm. have a holocaust 
right. you know the exploitation uh, goes on the exploitation and just robbing their experience generating their experience and robbing their experience and generating mm. their experience and robbing their experience and eating their bodies. I mean, <clears throat> it sounds like a horror movie to me. Yeah. Hopefully this will come to an end as you predict. And I think that's a good place to end. And so Joey, thanks for being on the podcast. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. And uh, your first podcast guest, and that's a real honor. So thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Okay. So to all my viewers, um, Kindly note that this podcast is supported by your support on Patreon. To support the podcast, please visit patreon.com forward slash soytheist. And I'll see you in the next one.